Hey guys, if you love this episode, please like, share, subscribe, tell people about it, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and check out all of our sponsors that support this show, Sheath Underwear, Fungi Academy, Ohana Kava Bar, and Mushroom Revival. Also, big shout out to Student Loan Tutor. All the information that you need will be in your podcast player's show notes, show description section, with all the links and the promo codes available for you. So check it out. Also, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and review if you can. And consider joining the Patreon, where we got a lot of really cool things happening in the inner sanctum of the Mycadelic multiverse. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation with the man behind the underwear, the founder, CEO of Sheath, Mr. Robert Patton. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to a very special episode of Mike Adelic. I'm Mike Brancatelli. You're you. And sitting across from me is the man, the myth, the legend, Robert Patton. Thank you. I am here with you today um, upon your request. Thank you for asking me to be here. It's a pleasure, and I'm excited. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think I, I did your show twice, right? That's right. Yeah, we and, uh, and we're in... We're in RPG Studios right now. Uh, Robert and I shot about nine holes of golf. Yep. Pretty nice day today. Wasn't scorching. Had some wind. We played pretty well. I had fun out there, man. I did too. The sun, the 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 clouds came out, covered the sun because it's usually like like super sunny and clear, and it'll beat down on you like a hammer or something hard, and it hurts almost sometimes yeah. if you're if. Totally. Yeah, on a normal day. But today was beautiful. Yeah, man. I think that's a common uh, misconception about Colorado. People think that it's just snow and mountains. It's like, no, dude, it's sun. And that sun is like, it's like unfiltered, raw, just heat right on your fucking grill. There's no ozone or there's no layer between you. I've heard that. And, and so it hits you like directly and you need to wear sunscreen, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the... the like. I, I you don't believe in sunscreen? I don't know, man. I've I've heard some things about sunscreen that Interesting. are not, that are not good. But I'm also like, I tend to sort of just try and trust my my body with things. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know. There's something about it that just seems seems odd. That is odd. Like nobody wore sunscreen uh, before 50 years ago, probably. That's what I'm talking about arr, arr, primal motherfucker. Yeah, go back to arr, the roots. Get back the, to the wolf pack days. Right, natural, el natural. <laughs> I heard of this new diet. It's like a animal diet where yeah. it's you eat only things that other animals would eat. They're like trash, usually probably a <laughs> lot of bugs, worms. Shut up! You're fucking with I'm me. I'm fucking with you, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I I guarantee you, if you did that as like a a thing, you know what I mean? Like you know how uh, all these guys like Mark Sisson, the Primal bl Blueprint, or whatever. If you if it was like Robert Patton's study diet proven to work the animal diet eat like an animal for eat like a weeks. raccoon yeah and then you're like eating out of the trash and you're like i've been eating like an animal and i'm fucking jacked i'm ripped i'm shredded yeah. well yeah anyway look we're here and uh and i'm happy to be here 
Uh, I, I really uh, enjoy your company and and I love coming down here. I love getting out of the city and uh, it's so nice down here in the mountains, down, uh, down where we are. And, uh, you know, people that have been listening to the podcast for a while have heard me talking about sheath. I'm wearing a pair right now. Me You're too. wearing a pair right now, obviously. So great. And, uh, you know, I, I think that um, I want to talk about like, how did you start this awesome company? And we'll, we'll go, we'll go, you know, we'll go back in time, you know, what, love it. Take, we'll go back in time, a journey of self-discovery. One man. I can't, I, now I can't stop doing what this mission? Movie, movie trailer guy voice. But yeah, I, um, people have heard me on the podcast talking about Sheath and how much I, I love it and, and enjoy it. And if you put in the promo code Mikeadelic, you get 20% off, sheathunderwear.com. So now they get to hear from the man behind the company. There's actually a human being associated with this, with this company. Here I am. Here and he is. I'm just a guy. But I did just so happen to come up with a pretty cool design for underwear that many people, many men and women around the world enjoy. And it was kind of one of those things that was um, manifested, if you will, over time. I always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I sold some weed when I was in high school, sold some candy too. Yeah, I did that too, yeah. Candy flipping. Not just kidding. Like literal Snickerses and Snickerses, Reese's, <laughs> Skittles. You know, go buy them at Sam's, take them to school, sell them for a dollar, and you're you're like ten xing almost your revenue. I sold sodas. I was a uh, with my brother Matt um, Zian. Yeah, he, we started a human vending machine company when we were younger, and we we would walk around the city of San Antonio with those uh, trays that you see. People carrying at baseball games, yeah. walking the stands, and like get your hot popcorn, peanuts, yeah. peanuts here, popcorn, candy, M Ms. Yeah, nice like voice. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we had sodas, just random sodas, and would walk around downtown San Antonio when it was hot, and we were making a killing. I thought you were talking about human vending machine, like a vending machine that dispenses humans. Uh, See, that's what the elites would like. They'd yeah. be like. I, need, I really need a guy to just, you know, do some landscaping right now and then go, they go to the vending machine. Beep, and, boop, pop, boop, beep. Yeah. D5. That guy D, looks strong. D5. That guy looks strong. So you, you started selling candies and sodas and stuff in, in high school with your brother. Yeah. I mean, in ultimate, like to end that story, which lasted about two weeks, I was then asked where my permit was to sell these sodas because other you, there's people that have legit businesses selling their sodas. They don't want you selling your soda. It was like a drug turf gang right. war and i lost although i probably just could have went and got a permit but i didn't think about it i was thought like starting a business would be very hard turns out it's pretty easy go to the bank tell them what you want to do they'll sometimes just file the dba the business uh, with the state for you you open the business account you pretty much got a business ready to go right there and uh but of course you need a product. So I joined, the, but like that didn't go well. So I had a normal jobs. So, so when you were trying to start what, uh, like a soda and candy selling business, Uh huh. let me ask you a question. What gave you the inspiration or the motivation to do that? Because I asked this question because I never had that mindset of like, Oh, I'm going to like, I kind of sold weed and stuff like that. Like when I was in high school, but I mainly just did it because it was, cool and I got to meet people mm -hmm. and things like that. I wasn't really doing it. And it was nice to have a little bit extra money, but I never really treated it like a business per se. Mm -hmm. What gave you the inspiration 
to say, hey, I can go out there and I can sell something like or, or, like I want to do that. I always kind of had that mentality. I do. I remember I would go to what are they uh, like uh, uh, flea markets and set up a stand and sell whatever I could find. Mostly the sodas. That was where the money was. That's because and that's where the money is. You buy them for a dime, sell them for a dollar, you know, and I noticed that margin was significant. So how, if I, how, why wouldn't you want to 10x your money? And I just was always, when I was in fifth grade for, uh, what is it called? Uh, career day. What do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be the president of a company. I wore a suit and a tie and I was, I didn't know what company. And I, it's funny cause it's in the newspaper. Like I have a newspaper clipping of me in my little suit and tie and you know, the future unfolds and here I am. I'm the president of a company. Yeah, there you go. So you always knew that. Like, what I'm curious to know is how did you know that? Why did you know that? Did you have people in your life that were entrepreneurs, um, you know, family members, parents, uncles, anyone like that? Like, or was there something you saw on TV or a book or something? Or like, I mean, oddly, the biggest influences in my life were movies. I grew up on, you know, I. The TV were my parents, basically. My parents both Where worked. Where did you grow up? Um, San Antonio and then Georgia and then Southern California and like back and forth between those st cities and states. Yeah. My parents split up in San Antonio and went to opposite ends of the country and I flew back, you know, between... H how old were you when they... Five. Oh, damn. Wow. Yeah. Was that tough? My brother, my older brother had a a fit if you will and i was kind of numb to it I, I was like well you guys are fighting so i yeah i don't like that so okay it was weird i'm in like when my grandfather died it was just like numb when my dad died numb but like i will cry i'll cry at a on a commercial for a, you know a insurance commercial or something but oddly in these super serious scenarios i'm just like why am I not feeling anything? That's weird. Interesting. And I was, I guess I would say my great grandfather was the most entrepreneurial. He lived in the middle of nowhere in Texas and started a ranch and he was working the fields and working the land and had cattle and all the animals. Ultimately the land ended up being very valuable because it had natural resources on there and he ended up getting swindled out of it by some lawyers with smooth talking tongues that because he barely spoke English and I, I don't think he spoke English at all actually and so he got basically robbed but they gave him ten thousand dollars a month for the rest of his life which was a lot of money and anybody might take that if you didn't know any better but if you really knew what the money value of the land was worth he would have been we would have been like Dallas rich with resources and stuff like that but that wasn't our path anyways so a few generations go by i'm doing my thing dead-end jobs ran out of school uh, money for school for college uh, you know i had like a little bit of money for college i was working what jobs were you working i did payroll i did human resources and accounts payable and then just corporate like, account speaking nina yeah. speaking <laughs> Uh, thank you for calling payroll. This is Robert. How may I take your, no, <laughs> may, how may I help you? And that was, that was a fun job because 
people's pay was always very important and I felt important as a person who was controlling their pay, but also getting it to them under, you know, like people are always, I need the money. They need the money. And it yeah. was always urgent. People live paycheck to paycheck. Yes. Yeah. So that was exciting for uh, one of my, like my early twenties. And ultimately I ended up getting fired from that job for using the company email system for personal use, which I think was a alternative reason because the real reason was I started a union in the payroll department. Oh, yeah, they don't like that. No. And we and I told the guy, I mean, we got raises. We all got raises. The, there was four of us in the payroll department, and there had been 10. And I had changed the uh, process so much and improved it to the point where we didn't need the 10. And I went to HR... Uh, director Pam and, and I was like look we're saving the company hundreds of thousands of dollars like can we each get like a couple bucks raised it's, it was nothing we went I went from 13 to 15 dollars an hour and we all got raises they depleted the department by half and then six months later I got fired and then I went to another payroll job which sucked and then another a, a, a payroll job and it sucked and ultimately I was I was um I'm in debt. I have no, no hope of advancing in these. I was at Eye Care Centers of America in San Antonio making $12 an hour. You know, it was just like not going well. It was going backwards. So, how old are you? 25. And some Sergeant Mayberry from the local recruiting office, uh, yeah, somehow ran, you know, they run into you somewhere, you know, and, and we were in the middle of a war, 2006. It was like going hard, Fallujah. They were getting anybody and everybody to join, handing out serious bonuses. And I got a $13,000 bonus to join, plus all my college debt paid. And then any future college was paid. You know, all the benefits of the Army from healthcare and all, it like, it was a really a great springboard for my life. I really feel like that's when I kind of went from a boy to a man. Killed it in basic training and AIT. I was like winning awards and uh, what's IT? AIT is advanced oh, AIT. individual training. I be, I was the honor graduate uh, in that in my class. I was I got high physical fitness in basic training over my whole battalion. Second in marksmanship. Leadership came later. But one of the cool things about the army that I found was learning how to lead from how to follow. A lot of people don't know how to work and how to or how to lead. They want to just tell people what to do. I tell people what to do by sh doing it with them. And I show, like, look, I'm here with you. I'm going to do it with you. I've done it. I'm not asking you to do anything I wouldn't do myself. I, 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 you know, and that's how I led in the army. And like that's like kind of a long way to get to where Sheath came in because I did I was doing so well in the army that I was promoted to sergeant and on on our second tour is when I came up with the idea for Sheath and I was in Iraq uh, uh, with my team of five people and we were at in this com uh, city called Tikrit Camp Spiker. And it's a forward operating base. But we had our own little compound that nobody could come in. Like we could lock it and it was just our shit because we were like a special 
unit, we'll say. We, only, we were always on call 24-7, but we only had to work when we had to work. So there was a lot, and, and, and uh, uh, contrary to my first deployment where we were constantly working, I mean, in hundreds of dead bodies, I will like let your imag imagination run wild with that. Second tour died down a little bit, no pun intended. I say that every time it died because there was less war happening, or at least I was in a, a, a more secure area where less confrontations were happening. And that was true because yeah. they didn't want to give well, us the new Well, early on, it was like sort of the invasion. Yeah. And then now, then it became like the occupation yes. and maintaining the occupation. Yeah. And at that point, we were simply kind of occupying, just holding it down. So not a lot to do. We were I basically sat around for six months on the second tour, which was nice. I went, and during that time... I had been getting into the secret, which is you know the, the visualization, the law of attraction. I'm meditating. I'm doing yoga at night under the stars in Iraq, on the roof of our living quarters, and just I mean I, I don't know. I felt like I was opening myself up to what the universe you know had to offer, or whatever. I was trying to just be one and take omens, you know, like guide me, tell me, what do you want me to do? I'll do it. And then, and, 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 and were you thinking that way because you were not happy with where you were? Oh yeah. You, so, so when you originally joined, it was more about the financial incentives, yeah. right? It was like, look, I'm at these jobs. They suck. This guy is talking a, a big game that yes. sounds nice mm -hmm. and they're going to give me a bunch of money. And you know, look, like as much as I, you know, what I talk about, in I've always been talking about uh, the military in a particular way ever since 9-11 uh, and the Bush administration. But the, the good part of it is in Sebastian Younger's book, Tribe, he talks about, you know, the band of brothers aspect, you know, that community, your brotherhood, like when you're over there, nobody's really talking about America or the senators or the politicians. They're talking about the guy next to you. And that's what, you know. You're there now, right? Mm -hmm. So, so that so something shifted for you. You you signed up. You were like, all right, great, I got this. Then once you were there, you were like, oh, like this is not absolutely. Was, so, and you were looking for something else. Well, I mean, because so when I joined, I was hook, line, and sinker for the, uh, you know, weapons of mass destruction. Right. They yeah. they bombed us somehow. Sure. Somehow sure. we wrapped Iraq into that. Yeah, and I was like, let's go get them. I was like, if you're speaking out against this war, you are not patriotic. I was that guy. Sure. But then you get in there, you deploy, you see what's happening. Like these people aren't like the bad ones, like not where we were in Iraq. Like they were just people crying for their children. Like, and I saw them. It was weird. Some of the engagements we had. What was one of the weirdest engagements? Uh, like a family, a, a mother and came to the base to try to find that she, her son was dead. She didn't know where he was and she was trying to find him. And we had to go to the uh, gate and we had a book with a bunch of faces of people that had were no longer alive. And um, as she's going through the book, she fucking starts screaming because she mm. saw. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is, it's tough to talk about. That was that, I haven't I've never talked about that. That that's crazy. I'm mean, I don't think I've ever told anybody that story because I 
don't really think about it. I really don't. I typically, I'm happy for, for the it's most too pain, part. It's too painful. To well, talk about. it's just, yeah, it's not it's pleasant. Sad, yeah. And I, and I try to be the power of positive thinking. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean, I could, I could tell it's bringing up emotion and, and I'm, I'm kind of feeling it too, because at the end of the day, like you said, and I think this goes for most Americans, you know, I remember after 9-11, I was in the same mind frame of like, well, let's go get these guys. I didn't mm -hmm, know. I was 16. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a big rally hunk for America. Like, we're going to oh, get yeah. these guys. And I remember my uncle like saying like, you know, the, the problem is just that whole area. Just nuke that area. Just mm -hmm. bomb the shit out. You know, all that stuff. But we're so far removed from any of that stuff. There is nobody living in America today that... Are, is living in a conditions of a American military occupied foreign army. They have uh, no idea. They have no clue what some of the things that you saw and participated in by being over there. Um, and then when you're there, it's real. Mm -hmm. It's realer than real, right? It's surreal. It's like you when you're on the c-150 or whatever they're fucking called c-130 what, what is that <laughs> it's an airplane okay. that will take you from kuwait you know where we all fly into kuwait where it's safe we kind of camp erf john we're playing ping pong and watching movies for two weeks getting ready and then you get on that c-130 and fly into whatever battle zone you're going to be stationed at for six months and then you know you're on the, the hot tarmac it's like hot and you're getting off the plane and you're carrying all your shit and you're just going where they where they tell you to go just like that you you do in basic training that's why they do basic training the way they do is because you're just following orders and then you get to your place and it's all it's just the uh, the uh unit that was there before you was kind of like in place. So you got to go and mirror them for a couple of weeks and then you, they transition, hand it off to you and catch you up over. on what's going on yes. and kind of you're the replacements. Yeah. And then that's an ongoing thing. So you do that when you, you know, before you leave and that's the surreal aspect is like, uh, <laughs> you don't have a fucking choice. You're on the plane, you're going, you're like, there's no turning back now. There's no turning back. Yeah. yeah. And so there's no, but there's no fear. All it's like a weird for me anyways, uh, mortars coming in over the walls, sirens going off. They had these C Ram things that would like shoot them down. They would triangulate the bomb as it's coming over the wall. Zzz, a thousand bullets go toward it, blow it up in the sky. Some make it over and you run to your bunker. Eventually stop running to the bunker. It's like, I'm going to stay in bed and, if it hits me, if it hit the bunker, if it, you know, it, we're not going to make it because it's this cement shell that I think if anything hit would just explode and maybe you'd survive. But I felt like the luck of the draw, you know, whether it hits my bed or hits that bunker, they probably go for the bunker. I don't know. But so you, you felt it pretty early on then. Oh, right. Like away. you felt it right away. You're like, holy shit. What the fuck? Because you said something at lunch that I thought was interesting, Larry, where you're like, this is, this is what all of the guys pretty much think is like they're on the they're on the same level in terms of like what the fuck are we doing here? I mean, once you get to once you've been in for a while, you know, and there's those 
good old country boys, maybe you might say, that are down for the cause regardless because they're in it and they love their job and they're playing soldier like Jocko Willinks like to say. He likes to play soldier and it was fun. There's a fu- there is an aspect of being a soldier that's exciting and fun and thrilling and you're with your team and you're on a mission and you're important and when you come back, you're a hero except after a while you stop being a hero and you started just like everyone kind of started realizing i think the whole world was like what the f- what are we really doing here and so it the status diminished slightly but that wasn't even the issue the real issue is when you do get out and then you're not a soldier anymore and what now it was it was kind of cooler to be a soldier than to just be a post office worker and i was just like a retired kind of a soldier for a little while. I know quite a few vets that feel this way. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I'm good friends. I should actually introduce you to some of these guys. One of them is really looking for some brotherhood, you know, some, some community. And Mm -hmm. he feels that he had that when he was overseas in, in, in the military. And he is now back in his life and, um, or he's back at a life doing a life that he doesn't necessarily really feel much, alive in even though what he's telling me overseas he didn't really enjoy the thing that he was doing but it was the camaraderie it was the brotherhood it was the kinship you know it was being in the wolf pack yeah it was it was it was that kind of thing and i feel that recently with my men's work i'm sensing that that is such a deep need for men to have that that sense of connection and it's like well, we don't necessarily need to go to war. Maybe we go to spiritual war, if you want to put it that way. You know, sometimes being in an ayahuasca ceremony is Hell like yeah. that or something. But so there's a lot of other things that we can do together. Sports, potentially. Sports is, is another one. Yeah. It's a great one. Like a lot of guys joining UFC gyms oh, and yeah. things like that. Like so a lot good. of guys getting into Brazilian jiu-jitsu and things. I'm boxing again. Yeah. Uh, I feel great, you know, boxing. Even just being out on the course today and, and shooting nine holes. Like that was fun. There was like, it's camaraderie, it's kinship, it's brotherhood. We're going through it together we're going through it together you know like you make a good shot you know you yes. you want to have that High connection fives. yeah you, yeah i think that it's really important for everybody and especially particularly men to have that that sense of connection because when you don't have that you feel alone when you feel alone you feel like the weight of the world is on you mm-hmm. only yeah right so like so for you now going back to sort of your transition you're meditating you're doing yoga you're sitting looking up at the stars which i'm sure is like really beautiful at night in the desert in iraq yeah and you're starting to think, well, what am I going to do after this ends? Is that what you were thinking? Or you're, I need to come up with something. What was going through your mind? Like, what were you thinking about when you, when you, when you got the idea for Sheath? Like, how did that come about? I mean, I wanted more because I was watching, you know, The Secret and, and visualizing abundance and, and you know, and, and really believing it and feeling it. And I remember I, then I inherited, oddly, I inherited like $70,000 while I was in Iraq on my second tour. And that maybe weirdly made me feel like it was working or something. And and some of this is vague memories because it's kind of jumbled at this point. It's been 13 years, but I definitely, you know, like I was, I've always had an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit and I had, Another idea where that was like a billion dollar idea when I was 21 that I just, I quit on. We could get on that, but 
that was it was keys crazy keys you don't have any crazy keys on your keychain no but i do have a key uh for my podcast studio space which is also the space for the denver mushroom cooperative where they hold their monthly meetings and it has a print on it yeah and And it was just printed keys and and i i had that in 2000 i had that idea and it was i think it was right before this tour i remember we went to a Home Depot or Lowe's, and I saw these keys and on the you know whatever because I think I needed to get a key and, and it felt like I got a kick in the stomach because I had given up on that because it was too I was I was trying to not just paint on them I was trying to print the key like a quarter it had like a stamped key with with an, a, a design imprinted on there and it, it got too hard I gave up and you know. Fast, fast forward, I'm in Iraq, and I, I, I definitely wasn't happy with the way things were going. I was just kind of going through the motions at that point, although I was doing very well in the Army at this point. I just, there was something, you know, I wanted more, okay? Yeah. So I even re-enlisted while I was in Iraq that time. Um, to do four more years, but I, then I had that idea, you know, and the idea came, I mean, the idea was, it came just randomly, you know, it was just like a mother necessity is the mother of invention. It was a day, the summer of 2008, we're at our compound, the, they're working on the generators, you know, and so the generators were off for, if not hours, at least well, if not days, it was a couple hours. Like I said, it gets a little mm. bit jumbled in. Yeah. Super hot. Hadn't taken a shower for some reason and was wearing these army-issued brown whitey tidies that somebody, <laughs> yeah, and like, and they were they were too big for me. So sometimes when you're doing laundry in the army, your shit gets mixed up with other people's shit. And I think I was wearing somebody else's underwear and they were sagging and they were really cutting into my thighs. Yeah. And so... There was that irritation, the heat. I have really sensitive skin and like eczema. So it is anything that's irritating me, uh, like would irritate you, would irritate me like times five or whatever. So it was hot. And, you know, and when it's hot for men downstairs can get uncomfortable. Yes. It's the hottest part of your body. Yeah. And I, it was just like, super uncomfortable down there it was like a hot mess and it's like stinging you yeah. know and yep. i'm like fuck okay so i need relief so i ran inside grabbed a towel it was the most uncomfortable time in my it was so unbearable it was weird and you could i couldn't do anything so i ran inside and i grabbed a hand towel and like shoved it in my pants and just kind of it was dry now you know so that somehow sparked a thought in my brain what if everything was separated in your underwear like a little pouch not a little pouch an amply sized pouch <laughs> of course a pouch yeah. that separated your boys so of course i wasn't like oh i'm gonna invent this thing i was like somebody probably invented this let me go online Dee-doo-bop. pouch underwear didn't find it couldn't find it found something similar this company obviously out of Australia, decent, decent design, decent design. It does have separation 
It's just, you, you'd have to try it to know what I'm talking about, but it essentially pushes your franken beans together where then now they're sticking together. It's off your legs, but now they're sticking together. And I didn't like that. Um, so I felt I needed to design my own pair and started right then and there in Iraq. Like, still wasn't like, I'm going to be a millionaire. I was just making them for me to wear for my own comfort. Yeah. And I, ha I had some made while I was in Iraq. For, uh, they have a tailor's. So they, they cut and sew whatever you want. I had them cut and sew a pouch into some underwear with, you know, I took a drawing and some samp uh, some fabric and stuff. And they were snickering a lot. You know, it's kind of like, what? And what are you going to do with this? You know, smuggle drugs? Maybe. <laughs> you can do that with sheath, but we don't, that's not what it's for. Right. And well, I always tell people that are listening to the show, I'm always like, because I have a, a, a two mushroom mm -hmm. sponsors. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, and you know, it's it's music festival season. Concerts are opening back up. Sheath underwear. You know, so you put the, I didn't say anything. You put the pieces together in yeah. your mind. You, right. You get creative. Yeah. Use your imagination. Yeah. There's a pouch right where your boys go. And right. And it should be, you sh shouldn't be getting frisked too hard you, down there. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it started there, but it was years before anything happened because I was in Iraq. I was still in the army. I just re-enlisted and I, you get excited at first. And, the, and you know, when I, right when I got home, I bought a sewing machine. I was sewing samples, giving them to my friends and, and got mixed reviews. You, if you're ever going to start a company, sometimes your closest friends and family are not the ones you want to give samples to because like to this day, there's one guy who's a, well, he was my best friend. He's the guy that said I had doll feet, Johnny boy. Had what? He says I have doll feet. Doll feet? Small little baby feet. Oh, really? Feet. Yeah. I didn't notice that. I know. There, he was just giving me a hard time because you had our boots. Eight. It's, it's a pretty average size, but he had like a 10 and he was just giving me a hard time. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, he still to this day doesn't really wear them and it took, my brother, my older brother, like four or five years to kind of come around and now he loves them. Yeah. But it, you know, it was it like, is really, it's an interesting thing. Cause even with this podcast, like it's like pulling teeth sometimes ooh, with friends ooh. and family to <sighs> get them to do anything. Really. I know, you know, it, it, you would think that they would be your biggest supporters in a lot of ways they are, you know, in a lot of ways they are, but in a lot of ways they, they fall short. So if, if friends and family members are listening right now, Leave me a five-star rating review. Buy a pair of sheath underwear. Yeah. Code Mike Adelic, 20% off. Come on, guys. And you're doing yourself a favor. It's good content and good underwear. So, and like I, any, like I was going to say, I always used to listen to talk radio when I grew up. So I always listen to podcasts like all, my dad used to listen to po uh, talk radio. So I, yeah. you know. And, Your dad used to listen to podcasts. He was from yeah. the future. <laughs> He's yes. like, let me tell you, there's one day there's going to be a thing better than radio. They're like, ah, oh, you're crazy. Come on. Yeah, but no, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's great. Like, so you were, you were an early adopter mm -hmm. to podcasts. You started listening early on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like that's when you were overseas. Uh, or when you was came it back. that soon? I, th I mean, there were very few podcasts there back then, few, but I do yeah. recall. They were, I mean, this one I used to listen to was a running podcast. And, and so you would run, it was like to the beat of this. Oh, That's cool. how, That's yeah, cool. this was a primitive podcast. Yeah. It wasn't like a conversation. It was this right. dude and he was just releasing these things for free. And that was fun. You run to the beat, stuff starts yeah. off slow, 
and then speeds up. And then I think Rogan was the first yep. podcast that I really dove into. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know how I, I discovered it was actually, I remember I was in Austin, Texas. It was 2012. Wow. And uh, one of the managers of the company that I was working for, I, our office was in New York. He told me, he goes, uh, you know who you remind me of? You remind me of Joe Rogan. Hmm. And I was like, really? Well, why? Like, that's so weird. Because at that point, I didn't know shit. I didn't know he had a podcast. I thought, oh, the fe- the guy from like Fear Factor? Like, that guy's kind of lame, dude. Like, that guy's <laughs> kind of a hack, you know? Like, I, I wasn't, didn't really know anything about Rogan. But he's like, no, dude, he's got this podcast. He talks about DMT. You're always talking about psychedelics and stuff. Like, I feel like you would like it. So then I started listening to that. Changed my life. Wow. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I went back. I don't remember how I heard about it. I, I really don't. But I remember I, I, I started listening to it. And then I went back to the very first one, listened to all of them, caught up. And I listened to every episode from front to end. Until, until probably like episode 500 or 600 or something. And then, I, you know, then you just have to do other things sometimes. And, and, sure, of course, and, yeah. and now, I li- now I listen to ones where I like, like I listened to Sebastian Younger uh, yes. recently. He's great. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, like Malice is on there. Dave's on there. Like yeah. comedians, certain comedians. And then like Elon, certain ones I'll listen to, you know, but not all of them anymore. But right. That was what got me it, to sponsoring podcasts, you know, because we were trying to sponsor him and ultimately he wouldn't work with us because I threw underwear on his stage during one of his performances. You did? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was 2012 in Austin. and Oh, wow. You were... Yeah, I was at the same his, time. Yeah. And I went to like one of the end of the year shows and my great idea was I'm going to throw the underwear on the stage after his set, like when he's done. It was an hour and 12, 15 minutes in. He's doing crowd work. I'm like, now's my chance. And I have it all recorded on my phone still to this oh, day. Oh, wow. I want to watch that. I'll have to let you listen to it. Because <laughs> it's a little bit cringy. I'll tell the story. Sure. I, uh, so it's my time. And, 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 and I pull him out of my pocket and I throw it because I'm pretty far in the back. And it lands though, and and he's like, what? And then I threw another one, and and now he's like, what is this? And he goes and picks it up. Is this an Austin is weird shirt? What is this sheath? And and the packaging had it like what it was on the packaging. So he was like, a pouch in your underwear? What the fuck would you need a pouch in your underwear for? Are you trying to sell drugs? This is a horrible idea. This is the stupidest idea I've ever heard of, or a billion dollar idea. I go, thank you. And I threw up another pair or something. But when he said it could be a billion-dollar idea, that was pretty sweet. Um, but then I, you know, we tried to work with him, and he—I don't know if he like just—he won't work. He wouldn't ever work with us. Like he wouldn't return our emails. We're willing to pay. Blah blah blah. Next thing you know, he's sponsored by Meundies. So my idea, which by the way, I tried Meundies years ago. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. They ripped. Terrible. I, they are underwear. They're terrible. They're just underwear. Yeah, they're yeah, horrible. Get not out of here. The price not worth it to buy them. They ripped, and I stopped wearing them. It, yeah. it, and they get you with that subscription where you get on the subscription, and you're a fan of Joe Rogan, so you're supporting them. And then, I don't think he does them anymore. I hope not. Yeah, but so okay, that's interesting because here you are as an entrepreneur, early days, right? 
How many how many years has it been since you in the inception of Sheath? Well, 2010. So two years. So you're still trying to do whatever. Sometimes you you got to take risks. Yes. And sometimes those. If anybody should know, if Joe is listening right now, which Come I on, hope Joe. he is. Yeah. <laughs> Joe should know that as a comedian, you take risks. Sometimes you say, "All right, right." Like I'm gonna. Uh, sometimes it's a it's a bad choice. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it bombs. That was one of those those opportunities. But as an entrepreneur, you've got to take those risks because as Wayne Gretzky's famous quote says, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Boom. And I uh, pivoted ultimately. And I think he know well, ultimately we made it to his show. You know, Michael Malice a couple months ago mentioned us on Sheath, on yeah. Rogan. And he, he said he didn't acknowledge any previous... Uh, encounters with us but he he knew what it was well he was like sheath underwear it's like good for your cock and balls and and it, i i was very tickled i was very pleased I, I was like that was one of the um shining moments of my life and and it was the last 20 seconds of a three and a half hour podcast but it was still we made it to i Rogan. saw it yeah. yeah i stick around especially when mouse is on yeah i just ordered his book uh that he that he curated and put together um the anarchist handbook. handbook. Yeah. yeah. I have an autographed copy oh, from awesome. him. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. He's, he's the man. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Cause he, he always talks about like getting autographed copies of books. So I, I had him autograph my nice. three. I have, I have uh, the new right and dear reader, which are two of his other books also recommend. He's a cool dude. And you know, but so, you know, like we sponsor Malice. Malice has been on Rogan. We sponsor Dave. He's been on Rogan. We yeah. sponsor Cowboy Cerrone. He's been on Rogan. So my alternative was sponsor everybody that goes on Rogan. So he's the new Carson, and he's donning new kings. Of, you know, if you make it to Rogan, it's it's pretty significant. Sure. It, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Especially there was a, a time period where it was like. He would make you, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And now it's a little less, but still not nothing by any means. Oh yeah. 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 And but so we have our select. We just work with people that have been on there, and that seems to be working pretty well. What would be another big podcast that is like? Because I don't think there's, I don't know. Maybe you know, because Rogan's kind of got this whole, like I'll talk. I'll talk to anyone, man. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll talk to. I'll have a conversation with anyone, dude. You know, like, <laughs> trying to, do, it's hard to do a Joe Rogan impression, but like, but he, he has a show where he's, you know, he popularized DMT. He got that out there in the public consciousness. Like mm -hmm. he's gotten a lot of things. He's helped MMA a ton. Like he's, and he's made a lot of people, like a lot of people's careers have blown up. I mean, you know, like you mentioned Dave Smith being one of them too. Like, um, but, uh, what's like that, what are some other podcasts that are like that? Where it's like a guy just talks to anybody for a couple hours. I mean, Lex, Fr Lex, Friedman? Lex Friedman was. I, I, I a few different people went through my mind as far as like top post, top, top podcasters would be Tim Dillon. We do work with him, right? But he doesn't have guests on like rarely. Joe does. Yeah, and, rarely like, does. So he that's have what I mean, on. like a show like that where it's like it could be anybody. One, it could be like a psychedelic so researcher. It could be. A, a scientist or it could be a comedian or we've been on Lex though again through Malice. Right. Malice brought us up on Lex and right. I and I told Malice he's a little bit protective of us. It's kind of funny cuz I'm like should we get on Lex? Should we sponsor Lex? He's like, "Why? I already got you on there." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, fine." And Tim, and uh, Tim Pool been on there twice due to he's another big podcaster. Right, right. Yeah. 
uh, and we're not sponsoring him, but we've been on there twice from Malice, uh, you know, and then Michael Bisping in the Believe You Me podcast. It's like Bisping is kind of following in Rogan's footsteps in that he does the announcing on the UFC. He's not a comedian. He is on Netflix a lot. He's been in movies. Is that the Believe You Me's with Lewis, right? Yeah, Lewis and Lewis. Gomez, yeah. yes. Okay. And it's one of my favorite podcasts. We've been sponsoring them for a couple of years now. Highly recommend it, Believe You Me. He's funny. He really is. Yeah, yeah. He's he quite is. witty. Yeah. But they don't have regular guests on, but they will. They are having more and more uh, UFC fighters but and other MMA. There's nothing really like that, though, out I'm there that's to, like yeah. Rogan, like where you just come in, you sit down. Like Lex, it's only Lex, Lex has those two and a half to three hour yeah. conversations as well. But he's also, I mean, he's it, it can get pretty heady with Lex. A little bit know? too, a little so bit he's more. He's like, he's like Rogan minus the UFC stuff. Add in like the scientists and AI, AI researchers, and stuff. which I li- which I dig, and I want yeah. those people he's working with to succeed because I'm trying to interface with AI so that I can live to be a thousand. Because this is a thousand year dynasty. Sheath underwear <laughs> is going to go on forever, and whether you get on board now, people, or later, all you got to do is try it. If you don't wear it. It, I mean, if you don't like the pouch, it's regular underwear. Just don't wear the pouch, and they're the best underwear. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. right now I'm not wearing the pouch. See? Like we're just sitting down, but when we were golfing before, I was pouched up. So I do that. I do that all the time. And I always talk about whenever I talk about you guys. Uh, whenever I talk about Sheath, like I always mention the fact that you know it's so much cooler when you know the person that you know the human being behind the company. Like I like how you have your podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And um, RPG, RPG, Robert Patton Global Podcast. There, there it is, right there. And so you're like you're a fan of podcasting. Mm-hmm. You support, you know, what's what's happening in the world in terms of psychedelics and liberty and things liberty. like that. Liberty. Oh know? yeah, I'm on that liberty movement. It's, I got my libertarian. Check, look right. I just signed up for the libertarian party. Oh, did Dave convince <laughs> you? Yeah. Yeah, Dave Smith. He's doing a hell of a job convincing people to join a party, political party. I'm more of an agorist, and he can make fun of me for that, but. That's where our disagreements are. And what? To explain, uh, Agorism is more like, you know, just not participating in the political system and just trying to create your own things mm. that, that are outside of the political system and, and, and having more people kind of uh, join up and participate that way. And, and the, the sort of main flagship, the main flag for that is uh, this Buckminster Fuller quote that I always say, which is, you don't... Uh, fight the established power. You don't change things by fighting against the status quo. You build appealing alternatives that make it obsolete. And I see that happening a lot right now. I see that happening with a lot of people. I mean, I just pretty much do whatever I think is the right thing to do, according to me, and uh, try and uh, get around any of the, you know, I think that Ron Paul did a good thing because he was on the Republican Party stage. I just don't know, but who knows? Maybe Dave has it in him, and he's he's dug in his heels enough to um, get a movement going. I think he has. He's definitely inspired a lot of people, so he could potentially bring the Libertarian Party up to prominent recognition. I I believe that. I I believe I always believe that with Dave. It, it was never my thing, really. You know, I I just didn't. I went a different way, but he. Um, it was happy to hear him on this other podcast basically say that, like, you know, that he recognizes me as being you know, somebody that kind of gave him that encouragement and he's just got it, man. You know, yeah. he's got a way with words. He's I able know. to put things together. He's able to really explain things. You do too. Well, thanks. I, yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think philosophically Dave and I are, are, are very different. 
uh, you know, cut from the same cloth, nonetheless. I mean, we were both influenced by a lot of the same people. Uh, but anyway, well, and your vote, your verbal uh, ability to kind of explain shit. See, I can't even say that. It's very like when I try to retell people what I heard on part of the problem, it comes out like a turd, and then they're like, "What is this liberty shit? <laughs> Who cares?" It's hard. It's it's hard to. To, You're to throwing get, away your vote. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to sort of you know communicate to people, but yeah, I mean, we did it with decriminalizing mushrooms in Denver. I mean, that was something. It wasn't a big political grandstand sort of bully pulpit thing. It was just a grassroots ballot initiative, mm-hmm. and it passed. And we changed the law. And we're changing the culture, and we're changing the society. And well, I was in part of the legalization of marijuana here in oh, Colorado awesome. when it was still under petition, and I was out there picketing. I was out there with the uh, sing- getting signatures. I went to the malls and, and, and just walking down, up and down the street to get signatures. So I did play a tiny little part in that. That's I, awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, so it's like, but it's just, it's good to know the human being behind the company. Like when I talk about you on the show, when I talk about the product, I always bring up you too, right because you're, you're the guy with the vision who's created this and you have a certain kind of, um, you know, there's a certain essence and aura that you're carrying forward in the world with this. It's not just you're, you know, selling underwear. I try. I want to be like a Gary V, a little bit less douchey though, or like not do. He he was very inspirational until it got to the point where okay, I've heard everything you have to say. You keep saying the same thing. Win, got it. I win. Okay, <laughs> no, but he got me over my fear of public speaking, over speak, you know, talking on. Even Facebook Live, you know. Can I tell you something? Yep. First time that we recorded a podcast since then, vastly, you vastly improved. You've wow. like dramatically improved. I'm, and I, that's part of why I do the podcast is to practice communicating. Yeah. Just, and it's... This, it's a great thing. It really is. Yeah. And, and because you have Sheath and you have Robert Patton Global RPG podcast, like you're able to reach out to people and say, hey, I would like to talk to you. It's... It's coming around. I got a couple of big guests on the horizon. I feel like that imposter syndrome and like Bisping said he would do it. He hasn't done it. Cowboy said he was going to do it. He didn't do it. Um, they will. I think so. They I will. think so. And I've, I've gotten quite a few UFC fighters. We just got Malice. That's coming out next week. And you had Mike so. Brancatelli on twice. I know. And Dude, that show Mike Adelic is sick. It's That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we get And I get to have conversations and, and people like a few more doors open up for me. That's yeah. right. And cause they're, I, I, I'm a little bit special now that I've done something yeah. somewhat significant. I think you've done something majorly significant. I think that just by creating a company and having it be successful over 10 years, 10 years. Yeah. I mean, that is, it's one of the most, it's one of the most difficult things to do. I think is for a lot of people out there, you know, they think like, oh, I could never do that. Or, oh, you know, that would take so much work or like, oh, I would have to do all these things and I don't know how to do it. So you know, crazy. Yeah. And it's like, you're just, <laughs> I was there, but all you're doing is stopping yourself yep. in your mind mm-hmm. before. Talk to me a little bit about that because you recommended a book to me and your brother too, that I, that I listened to one of the times I was here on my drive back. Right. It was, um, think and grow rich, think and grow rich, right. Napoleon Hill. Right. And so there's, you know, principles, there's a certain, there's a certain mindset, Mm -hmm. I think that you need to have, if you want to 
bring something that's in your head into the world, right? It's, 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 it's fucking magic. It's like, I have an idea. I see the movie in my mind. Boom. Now it's here. It is kind of like a magic trick because it's like pulling a, a, a rabbit out of a hat, pulling sheath out of your mind. <laughs> pulling a rabbit out of a pouch, a sheath pouch. Ooh, that would be a good app. <laughs> yeah, talk to me about some of the difficulties, the challenges, the mental, you know, uh, negative self-talk, if that ever showed up or anything like that. Like, Well, fortunately, as I mentioned earlier, I had that idea about the keys. And the key idea I gave up on. Right. So with and, that, this, and that killed you. It did. I remember I got like punched in the stomach when I saw it. And I right. told myself that I wouldn't give up on this one. So that's one thing. You have to, A, you need to really believe in, in whatever it is that you're going to do. Like, because some people might kind of lie to themselves. I don't, I, I, I'm not sure. Like maybe about being a comedian, you know, I really want to be a comedian, but then they go do it. And then they end up giving up or something like that's a good example fighters are also good examples you just you have to give it your all yeah well i i can relate to this because there was this i wanted to act and i i wrote uh two movie scripts two full-length scripts wow. uh we did a, a short uh, movie promotional video at, uh, that starred a couple people in it like that were on the show heroes there's oh, a show heroes yeah and ron jeremy was in it oh he played a gangster nice. i i want to find the copy of it i don't know where the hell it is i think we posted it on myspace it was so long mm -hmm. ago but basically me and my friend so we did this and i really wanted to do it but i think that i just over romanticized it of like what the actual life is of like a screenwriter and an actor mm -hmm. um you know same thing with when I graduated from college, I was like, oh, I'm going to be in marketing and advertising. It's going to be like Mad Men. You know, it, it's it, romanticizing the, the or glorifying the lifestyle, mm -hmm. but not really um, in it for the work itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wanted to be a comedian because Joe Rogan was doing it. And then when I went to go do it. I was like, oh, you have to just say the same thing over and over and over <laughs> yeah. and over. And like, this, I couldn't, I, I like to be original and I, I sometimes hate saying the same thing the same way twice. Right. And it, that was something I couldn't really. So you got to be in the, in, you have to accept the suffering and the grind that comes along with it. And if, and the only way that you can accept that is if you you're in it for the work. Yeah. And yeah. you need, and I didn't know what I was getting into. So I tried it and it was fun. And then I went back to just doing sheath and I, st I was doing a podcasting back in 2012 I, I started a podcast called mushroom tea oh, cool. kind of like coffee talk we were talking about mushroom like just whatever it was kind of like rogan what we just talked about current events it never aired uh no i think we aired like four video four episodes they might be out there somewhere yeah it was like rogan in the sense that it was just like hanging out bullshit yeah, and same yeah. same yeah that's that's always that's that was always like what i wanted to have is just Let's just sit down and have a long form conversation mm -hmm. and it's going to, wherever it goes, it goes, we'll go down certain places and we'll just, you know, have, have a long form conversation because I think that that was, it's definitely something with, I think without podcasts, people wouldn't be exposed to these kinds of ideas, ideas that can come after an hour or two yes. of talking and getting to know somebody or being inspired by somebody's stories or, or something like that. So yeah, let's let's get back to talking about that. I I I had a um uh a, a quote in mind that I that I really liked, 
and it's from uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Ooh. This is about the key thing. I think this is important for, for people to understand. I try and remind myself of this too, but it's like when you have that idea and you didn't commit to it and then you see it out in the world and it kicks you in the gut. So this is what Emerson says. He says, a man should learn to detect and watch that gleam that flashes across his mind from within more than the luster and firmament of bards and sages. Yet he dismisses it without notice because it is his own thought. Because in every work that we see outside, we recognize our own genius and rejected thoughts. They come back to us with a sort of alienated majesty. So it's like, you know, you, you have these ideas, you think, oh, maybe I could do this, maybe I could do that. And then you don't do it, you don't act on it, and then you see it out in the world and it comes back to you like this estranged daughter mm. that you haven't seen and you know that you didn't even know. It's like, oh my God, like I, I wish I could have done that. So it's like when you can detect that gleam of light that flashes in your mind, you have to act. You have to act. And that's part of the universe like speed. When it gives you an inspiration, don't hesitate, don't right. wait, yes. just move. And it's like the story about that some conquistadors that sailed from Spain or whatever, and something about he had to like when they landed on the island that they were supposed to conquer, he ordered his men to burn the ships, so they had no retreat, and so they had no choice but to win or die, perish. So my, I kind of felt, and that's one of the stories in these books, and I kind of, and it says you need to eliminate all. Uh, what are they? It's like a, you have a second uh, B plan B or whatever. Right, all yeah. contingency plans. Yeah, no. Con it's like this is the only option. I will succeed or die. Mm. You know, like you like you want oxygen and you're underwater. You want to get so bad. You have to. It's like a burning desire. It's an obsession, and you have to build it up as such in your mind to believe it. And, and, and then I got it tattooed on my back because I what? didn't want to sheath. Nice. Because I didn't want to have, I didn't want a, a, a retreat option. And, and, I, and I would tell myself, and I tell, would tell people, like they said, why did you get the sheath? And I say, I didn't want, I knew I wouldn't give up because if I did, then people would say later in life, what's that sheath tattoo? And I would have to say, oh, that's some dream I gave up on a long time ago. So sticking to it. It's so important. Once when, you quit, it's over. Right. And, and I'm sure that there were times where it was really hard mm -hmm. in the beginning, maybe even recently. I don't know. Seems like things are going times. really well right yeah. now. No, there were quite a few obstacles that could have put someone, made someone quit. For instance, the very first batch in 2010, I ordered, spent the last $5,000 that I had to my name, and it was completely worthless in that I couldn't sell it because the design was flawed mm -hmm. and I had rushed production because I was so excited to get it to the market that I didn't wait a little bit longer. You don't want to wait till it's perfect. They say, if you wait to release a product until it's perfect, you'll never release it. Right, but right. it needed to be a, a couple of more iterations, uh, or at least one more iteration of design to perfect the pouch, which it was kind of a blessing in disguise because I was married at the time to someone who I did not want to be married to and she would have been half owner. So kind of like the fact that it wasn't doing well when we got a divorce, I was able to buy it from her for $1,000 and then it was fully mine. 
And then, but there was a three year period from 2010 to 2013 where we were not selling anything. What were, what was going on? What were you doing? Like, what were you trying to do? How are you trying to sell? I mean, I, we were, we still had it online. We still had, it was like through eBay. You had to purchase through eBay and we would sell like one or two pairs a week. And some people actually really did love them the way they were. The pouch was too high. This guy, Joseph Ostomir or something. I remember he was one Shout of Shout out JA. From, from like 2010. And he's still a customer, I think to this day. And so that, and I actually did like them, but I have tough balls. So what happened, but if you have like sensitive, <laughs> sensitive balls, it would have hurt when you put this pouch on, it would have hurt you. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, and a, quite a few, few people told me it was like a little, it was too high. Okay. So, um, I get out of the army, get a divorce, move to Texas so I live with my mom. I'm 35 or something. And I'm going to school. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this underwear? Okay. So I had a, like 800 pairs left. We had sold, you know, given away quite a few, 200, whatever, sold a couple. But the rest I've wanted to fix. And so it's hard to fix something after production to make it look like it's from production and I, I think I did an okay job I guess but it really helped me hone the design so I fixed 800 pairs what I did was I went to this tailor a Vietnamese tailor in San Antonio elite tailoring Tony Dang yeah what up he was a Vietnamese barely spoke any English but I said to him I will work your counter for free if you teach me how to sew and they thought I was up to something like they were super suspicious but I was getting money from the government to go to school at the time. So it was paying my bills. And I was like, look, I have money. I'm not trying to take your money. You don't have any money anyways, but you just elaborate to, yeah. uh, plan to take run over. the local tailor out of town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, he ultimately worked with me and I, I worked with him for a year and we fixed all of them. We made a whole new design and then timing is everything. Maybe I, found out about Kickstarter. Kickstarter is the crowdfunding platform where you can fund your whole idea through other people's money if they like the idea. And it was that's nerve-wracking to put yourself out there. Yeah, I've always felt that way because people have suggested that in the past with things. Oh, why don't you get a Kickstarter for the podcast? I'm like, what are you, out of your mind? Like, I, don't, I can't put myself out there in, in, in that way. But I think it's different with like an actual tangible product. Yeah, and it was... We did a pretty good job putting together the video to promote, you know, just to tell what it was. We made like the bare minimum that you had to make to be successful, but it was successful. On Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got what, what, like Facebook, email, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Fa um, but a lot of the people on Kickstarter, them, like, they wanted to support small businesses at the time. And, and it wasn't probably as flooded as it ultimately ended up becoming. Right. This is 2013. Yeah. Exactly. And Kickstarter, uh, if I understand how it works correctly, is basically people that just want to fund projects that they think are going to be successful. Now, do they get a piece of the project if it's successful? All they get is the product. They get the product. Okay. Yeah. So they're just like, hey, I'm down to make this thing manifest into reality. Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. People do like comic books. Like angel investing. Anything. It's a, But angel investing, you're like uh, you part owner where these people aren't, weren't you're part not. owner. Interesting. Interesting. And, but it's called, there's a proof of concept that you... 
that's like a term in, in business yeah. and stuff. And, and if it's successful on Kickstarter, then your proof of concept is probably good. Now, not all the time okay. though. I've known, yeah. I, I know some people that were successful on Kickstarter for like cell phone cases and then they end up with a closet full of cell phone cases. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And, and that happened to a friend of mine. And, uh, so you were successful on Kickstarter. You made the bare minimum that you needed to make. Yep. And then and what? then we get the product. We ship we ship it out to everyone. Everyone's loving it. We sell out. We order more. The next order comes in. I've spent all, everything I had on this money. I mean this replenishment order, and it was totally foobard. Like what I got back. It was all mangled. The threads were everywhere. The pouches were sideways. Our two, sh- they were like these <laughs> tiny little pouches, like on Shinesty underwear. Hey, do you have a sideways cock and balls? We'll get sheath underwear. Yeah, Ooh, for the deformed genitalia of America. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and but and then that took me a couple of months, and then I well, I, I didn't I didn't open them all at first. It took a while to like come to the reality that these weren't good. I, yeah. I, I think maybe the top ones were fine or something. And I remember one night though, I, I start opening them. I'm like, open, open, open. And, and it's bad, bad, bad. And there's, there's one good one, bad, bad. And I'm like, you know, like racking my brain. What are we going to do now? Okay. So I can't, I don't want to sell these and, and make a bunch of people upset with me. So what do we do now? And that would be an obstacle. I don't have any more money. I'm not do another Kickstarter. Yeah, well, that is an obstacle. What did you do? We did another Kickstarter <laughs> because that was the only thing I could think to do. And uh, ultimately, so what? So we had, but we had to find another manufacturer also. Right. Yeah. And so and this, you're saying we. So who who's this we? We would be my younger brother Matt. Okay. Zian. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. And he. Good friend of mine. What? Yeah. He's a great guy. He it was the instigator. Like I had the idea. Oh, good, good. But I was still in the army, and I was kind of doing pretty good. I was in, it, you know, You're still I was, in the army in Texas. N- no, this was so so oh, okay. so, 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 so backtrack to the prodding. Gotcha. I okay, he was so like he, cattle prodding. Yeah, me. he he was the the energy behind. Like, come on, man, you can do this. Yes. We can do this. I'll yes. help you. Okay, great. Yes. Awesome. And that and so that kind of got it off the ground in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. And then fast forward, we got to do another uh, Kickstarter. He's still with me. N- neither one of us had been paid for up to three or four years at this point. And still working on it. No money. Okay? Zero. Zero. I mean, we made like $30,000, but that well went back to replenishing and then... So whatever. And then... So... But we had to get another, ma- another manufacturer. And this is where magic comes in. And I might cry again, because every time I do, but I probably won't because I said it. But here we go. Like, we're lost. Like, but I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I have it. It's on my back. I'm not quitting. And this company had reached out to us to, which happens all the time, to do our manufacturing for us. And for whatever reason, I obliged. I sent them a sample to make. And then what they sent me back was better than what I sent them. Like, they had made it a little bit better and in my opinion some people like that old design and they want us to go back to it but anyways i had that sample in my closet and i put it on real quick and i took it off but when i put it on it was like 
this warm rush or, or washing over of calm and peace. It's like, this is it. I was like, this is it. And funnily enough, that Joe Rogan show I went to on the way back, I got rear-ended by a taxi at a red light and I got a $5,000 check for the damage, which there was barely any damage. So I used that $5,000 check to put a down payment on a, the next batch at this new company. And we did a Kickstarter to cover the rest and it was going to be like $20,000. So we needed $14,000 or whatever, something like that. And if we weren't successful, I was going to sell that car. Um, I was going to come up with a way to do it. I had a plan back, you know, a plan for that. But what ultimately ended up happening was we reached back out to all the first Kickstarters people. They all came back for the most part. And then we like doubled or tripled their original Kickstarter. And like the kind of the rest is history. Because, but like during that interim, when you're unsure, like what's going to happen, I would go to the closet and I would grab that pair and I would put it on. And I knew I was like, I it was weird. I just knew I was like, this is good. This is fucking good. People are going to love this shit. Yeah. And they do. I mean, yeah. a lot of people do like yeah. you might, you guys who's listening, you've never tried it. You might not like it. There's that. But so many people love it, including me. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's funny. And it's just like, but it's just underwear. And then it is just underwear. You're not going to change your life per se. But it changed your life. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that this podcast has been about that. It's been about that entrepreneurial spirit, that never give up, that do or die, make or break, putting it all on the line, taking the risk. $5,000 to your name, putting it all on the orders. Mm -hmm. And that's why you're, you're tearing is because all of that blood, sweat, and tears, all of that hard work, all that belief, sleepless nights, grinding at jobs mm -hmm. you don't want to be at. And then when you put that pair on, it's like, oh, you, you, now you, 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 the thing that you believed in has come true. You've, and you literally are feeling it. Mm, I love that. Like, it, there was a moment. A couple, you know, every now and then I'll, I, I take a moment to, or it just hits me what's happened, what's happened, I guess, the success. And, and we, and just so everyone knows, like we have doubled every year since 2013 because of not how smart I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a good product. So you say that a lot, right? Like, like even when I was on your podcast last time, you're like, I'm not such a smart guy or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But you are because like, let's, we're not talking about being a, an academic, but in the sense of stick-to-itiveness, idea, belief, you know, I will not give up. I am going to make this happen. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. That win, in my opinion, that wins nine times out of 10, or that wins more times than the brainy, heady guy sitting in his ivy tower Ivy Tower? Yeah. Ivory. <laughs> Ivory Tower. Yeah. And uh well, yeah, the the Ivy League, you Ivy, know, kind of Ivy, yes. that thing. And 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 uh 
you know, because you could sit around all day and pontificate and philosophize about all kinds of shit. And Lord I know all these I've facts. fucking done that. Yeah. yeah. I fucking, I'm guilty of that shit. And recently in my life, I started putting things into action and it feels so good. Mm-hmm. It feels so good to not just talk about something, but to actually do something. And, you know, to, to, to do that. So, so I do think you're a smart guy. I mean, you have to be, I mean, look at where you are. You know, you, you let me drive that, that Tesla before, you know, <laughs> dumb, dumb people don't have Teslas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just, I like to, I'm just, I'm kind of average. We'll say, and maybe a little bit in certain areas. Above but you understand average. what I'm saying? The scale. Yeah. yeah. Like not, I'm not saying like SAT. Right. Smart, but I'm, there's a well, certain kind of Well, that's what I want to get across to people though, yeah. that, that if you, just because you're not this genius doesn't mean like I got a 900 on my SATs and I have a very average IQ score. Like if you look at what average is, that's where I'm at. Right. And that's fine. In that domain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but I did do something relatively significant and it, I, it's a thousand year dynasty. I'm modest. Sometimes, you don't have a boss. Yeah. You're your own boss. That's right. How great is that? It's pretty sweet. I still get scared of being canceled. <laughs> You're not going to get canceled. I don't know. I say, every now and then I'll say something that's not even that you know, controversial, but anything political, you just we just kind of try to stay away from for the most part. Yeah, but you know what? Like that... I think that you're not worried. I don't get a sense that you're worried about that. I mean, no, you're not, you're not that way. Yeah. You know, you're not provoking or anything like that. I mean, nah. maybe you have thoughts that aren't like, like we all do. 9 11 but- was an inside job. <laughs> I thought it was legit. And then I started thinking maybe it is. So that's the kind of thing that. And I and I can say that because everyone can say that, but there's certain things that might hey man, be conspiratorial. That just means that you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, conspiratorial. I mean, this past year, conspiracy. If if you like, conspiracy has been basically grouped into this one uh, stereotype of 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 people, right? It's like, oh, you must be like an alt right. Yep. Um, you know, a conspiracy QAnon lunatic. Yes. It's like, no, no, no. I happen to have ideas that I think, I think independently for myself Mm -hmm. and come to my own conclusions about things. And, you know, a lot of the time it's about how I'm feeling about something. And, and, you know, a lot of people just go with the group, but to be an entrepreneur, you can't just go with the group. If you would have went with the group, you would have been, you know, still doing, um, uh, tours in no, Iraq. Well, yeah what was the other job the other fucking the, answering phones or whatever oh yeah, yeah. human resources yeah. and stuff so it's like you you have to be able to take risks you have to have you have to be willing to like we talked before throw underwear on stage like you have to be willing to do things that may just you have to take risks right like so that is um you know if if it's controversial to be an entrepreneur or to take risks then who cares because you're 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 doing it you're doing the things and the people that want to cancel are the people that are jealous yeah because they don't have the tenacity to put their visions forward and by putting your vision forward you putting you're putting yourself forward you're put sticking your neck out into the world you know basically saying all right like i might be on on, on under a fucking guillotine one day mm-hmm. but you know what i'm doing it yeah my way I did it my way. Frank Sinatra, baby. Frankie, baby. I, it's working. I like to think that I know what I'm doing, but I'm really just following the principles of these books that I read, like The Think and Grow Rich. 
um, I know I had it sort of innately within that a like competitive drive. That's another kind of thing that I have, which is uh, what I like about capitalism. I think it's a it's a game. We're all playing a game against each other. Who can stack the most chips, baby? And maybe not because it's not all about the money. If you read these books, it's not all about the money. Even though you think think and grow rich, that's he just wants to get rich. No, there's a balance to life that wealth will come from when you're living in a certain way. And it has to do with treating people a certain way, not, you know, being in a, a state of harmony with your coworkers and with the universe. It, there's a talks about fasting and taking care of your body and meditating and visualizing. Um, and then the other, you know, the persistence and having faith, the faith is like principle three and think and grow rich. And I have it tattooed here on my arm. It was the yeah, first faith, tattoo yeah. I got. And people think it's like faith in Jesus, love Jesus. But it was really about think and grow rich in having faith in your vision, you know, in, in, in your mission yeah. in life yeah. and, and just believing in yourself that you can't, you, it's like people say, why, why me? You know, and then I'm like, why not me? Say that. Why not you? And if there's a reason why not you, fix that reason. You know, like I was, I was, I don't deserve it. I was bad when I was a kid. I was fucking a little shit. I was to steal stuff from people. Yeah. Because I wanted stuff uh, that I didn't have, and I didn't, and I just took it. Um, but I learned from that as a child, and now I try to give as much as I can, anytime yeah. I can, because I'm trying to right that wrong, if you will. Because, you know, just balance everything out. And I think I've over, I've given back at this point more than I ever stole, which is like candy and maybe like a stapler, glasses. I'll well, watch. it probably wasn't about the monetary value, but it was about the action itself was of, of taking. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I did that too. Like I wanted to see if I could get away with it, yeah. you know. But yeah, then you transition more into that adult mindset. And, you know, yeah, I mean, now you are the steward of a kingdom that you've built here a little I, you bit know, I, it, yeah it's, it's your own your own little kingdom your own little land and you give a lot you're very generous you you know like you yeah i i think i every time i come here i'm always like gifted something and and you know whether it was golf or going to lunch or whatever let me drive the tesla i mean that was sick like you know just all that stuff, like you're just very generous, and and your brother has has spoken very highly of how generous you are as well, and giving. And I think that that when you make that switch, it's like you're here to serve a larger mission. Yeah, you're in it for the long game, like you said, that thousand year dynasty. Yeah. You don't get to have a thousand year dynasty if you're just about making money. Yeah, that's what people think. These and some, I guess, maybe become that way. You're thinking like Bezos and Gates. I'm not sure if they're good or bad people. But not all, and a lot of entrepreneurs and self-made men are good people. And um, Cameron, Cameron Davies, I met, I, I mentioned, I had him on my podcast recently, and he's an entrepreneur in San Antonio, and he's just doing really well. So he's, you sponsor all these fighters, for instance, you sponsor fighters. These people, they're not making that much money, and. They're going for their dream, and and like it, there is a benefit for us to sponsor fighters in that they usually weigh in in sheath, but it's also something I find fascinating in comparison to like 
entrepreneurs. Like I feel like every fighter is their own little entrepreneur and they're fighting, you know, like there's them, they are their own company. Like their body is their right. own company and they're using it to get to the top. And I'm using sheath, but it's there, that spirit that you're drive, like that, that Kickstarter person yeah. for them. Yes. To say, hey, you need a kickstart. Yeah, a little bit. Everybody needs a little kickstart because I could imagine that when you were there, mm-hmm. you were like, I need a little kickstart. And people showed up for you. Yes. And you want to do that for others. And I do. With, like yeah. with podcasts. You're doing it for this show. Hey. You know, I mean, Mike Adelic has gone through a lot of changes in the last couple of months. And we're releasing new new episodes. And there's different kinds of things happening. And you know, uh, I mean, you've been a great supporter of, of what we're doing and what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to bring into the world and create more than generous, I think. And, uh, you know, and, um, and I think that it's, uh, it's, it's a really special kind of thing, you know, when you, when you see somebody who's, who's like willing to, you know, work with you and partner with you and, and believes in what you're doing, it's, it's a really special thing. And, and, you know, you, you have this vision, I would imagine that, yeah, I'm curious to know what is your what are you thinking about for the future? Like what is what's the are there are there any other projects that you're really getting getting turned on more with and um you know or is there certain things that you want to see for Sheath? Like what what are you thinking like long-term big vision stuff for the next maybe 2 to 5 years or something? A lot of it we, we use a lot of outside entertainment entertainers for uh, promotion. And there's a little bit of vanity here, I guess. But I would, in a sense, rather... Like Aubrey Marcus, what, he is a great promoter for On It. And because he's like the face of On It. And he's a st- stunning, good-looking, fit guy with very intelligent and... Uh, so he promotes on it, and I kind of just I kind of want to be the guy that promotes Sheath better than anyone else in through podcasting, through our YouTube, and we're building like a podcast network, which is kind of just it, 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 it's it's a passion, you know. So that's a passion project. When it comes to Sheath, I you know the the goal is just keep the pace we're going. Uh, we've been doubling. We might triple this year, which we're having a really good year. And I want to keep that growth, keep it being able to help my team and then all the people we work with. It's just about like what you like. It's about there's a lot of giving. I want to give. We want to, we, you know, we help with animals, uh, dogs. You might hear some dogs in the sure, background. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple dogs downstairs. Last yeah. time I was here, you had a bunch of puppies. Yeah, we foster fostered animals. Yeah, animals, and we want to continue to do that. Um, foster children, give, just give back to the like maybe some sort of community center where the kids can go and train, where they you know some camaraderie. I get you know, maybe become the mayor, <laughs> mayor of Woodland <laughs> yeah, Park. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, are you familiar with Grant Cardone? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I like something that he says where he says it's actually selfish to be poor. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought, like, if I first heard that, I said, oh, fuck you, man. Yeah. Fuck you. Go just go fuck yourself with that. But then I really thought about it. And he, the way he explained it was when you can accumulate wealth, 
then you can give and you can fund things that you love. Mm -hmm. And I could tell that Robert Patton Global uh, RPG podcast is a passion project for mm -hmm. you. You're really lo loving this podcasting thing, aren't you? Uh, I do. Yeah. I, it's just thrilling. You know, and when I, when I was before any of this stuff, I remember I was like 18, 20, and I went to a radio station because I wanted to get a job as a DJ. <laughs> and I went and knocked on the door. Nobody answered, and then I went home. <laughs> and yeah. that was it. That was my effort at, at that time. And that sh is another like just indicator that you need to, if you really want something, you have to try really hard to get it. And I, I feel like I, maybe I could have been a DJ or whatever, but I gave up. Do you have and to now, make sacrifices too? Yeah. Uh, and believe in yourself, though. You know, don't just because it's you. You tell you know you you go home. They didn't answer, and you're like, ah, I wasn't good enough, anyways. It wasn't. It was never gonna happen, anyways. And you believe it, and then you go about your day, and and you know what could have been never was. So that's that, and that's fine. And I'm happy where I am, and we, like I get to do this. You know, it's like the universe rearranged itself so I could still do the podcast. And what a beautiful thing. And I get, to, and I, you know, I love being a guest on podcasts. I love hosting. I, I, I don't know. I think I like being a guest a little bit more just because there's less pressure. Because, <laughs> like, with Malice, I was like, and you, or what, and like, I'm like, I'm so, you know, just nervous. And, and I want to, I don't want to embarrass myself with real podcasters. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're oh, uh, a teacher once told me, if you're writing, you're a writer. Yeah. If you're podcasting, you're a podcaster. Uh, the mere fact that you're doing it, yeah. you've, you're already a thousand steps ahead of the person. Like you said, so many people out there stop themselves before right. they even try. Well, and there's, there's like people are like, there's a million podcasts right now. Like, what are you thinking? But I promise you, 90% of them are going to quit. It just, you, it's like yeah. the, uh, tortoise and the rabbit or whatever just yeah, yeah. You stay in, in the, the race hair, yeah. and tortoise wins the race just stay in there and i'm not in this i've been doing it i've probably i don't know how many episodes we've done probably like a hundred you know oh so awesome I've, wow I've, that's a lot over the years that's a lot. it's yeah. been like four years yeah that's amazing um plus those four from a while back and so yeah i've been doing it and it i'm gonna keep doing it and and I could. I want to interview this dude outside doing my uh, patio right now. He's actually a wise man. He's like sixty, and he's he's been building his whole life. And, he, and whenever we sit down and talk, he always has some pretty interesting things to say. It's not even so much about getting like some big guest. It's just having a good conversation and learning. You know. Yeah, I think that I've found that to be the case so many times. I've just talked to somebody and been like, "You want to be on the podcast because we're having such a good conversation." You know, there's something to just having a good conversation with somebody, not because they're, they are something that you're, you know, your identity is not sheath, you know, sheath is its own thing. And then there's you, Yeah. you know, and so it's like, we're having a good conversation. You're telling me about your life here, you know, and uh, so those good conversations can come from anywhere. I met a guy, I remember down just in Colorado Springs in the Black Forest who has a, like a nine-acre property. He's like built his whole life and oh, he has nice. little places. And he just told me about his life and his journey and his, his kids and his daughter had some you know crippling uh, thing that she they worked together and they came back for just these inspiring little stories. 
And, you know, you'd be surprised. Like, it's maybe you won't be surprised. You just go and talk to people, and you'll find that most people are, are have something to say, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and people's opinions, people's thoughts, people's perspectives, right? They're, they're, they matter. They're different. You were talking about there's a thousand podcasts out there. Yeah, but there's only one of you, mm-hmm. you know? And what you say on what you said on this podcast is different than what's ever been said before yes. on anything else, you know? Oh, yeah. And... You know, just because there's so many podcasts, that's, that's, you know, what deters people from trying. <laughs> and, uh, massager. Yeah. So they, it deters people from trying and never even starting. And then it doesn't matter if there's a thousand, there's 7 billion people. You can find your thousand, 10,000 audience number to support your show and they care what you say i mean that's the goal is just to it looks like find your audience yeah 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 find your audience for sure well i'm very grateful for my audience thank you guys for listening thank you for supporting the show and uh every little bit helps every we're grateful for counts. your audience too I, I i we get a lot of support she sees the orders coming through we do appreciate you all who are buying and supporting us who supports his podcast. I just wanted to interject that. I, yeah, I appreciate you all as well. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I always tell people it's a win, win, win because it's like, if you like the show, then you put in the code, Mike Adelic, you get 20% off at sheath underwear and then you get a pair of underwear. So that's a win for you, win for the show. And then it's a win for you. For sheath. So Damn. it's win, win, win. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't see anything like, I'm just so happy that I have, uh, Products that I that I love, like Ohana Kava Bar, mm-hmm. is another one. Oh, I love Ohana Kava Bar. They're just so you know, I so use it good. every day. It just so happens that the guy that owns it is one of my good friends. Yeah, and I met. You know, I I went to a, a float tank. Uh, it was called Luna Float Spa. You know, the uh, isolation tank. Yeah, yeah. And he had left the guy. This Ohana Kava Bar had left some of his product at this float tank. So he's into that whole psychedelic thing, also. Or whatever that might be. Yeah, yeah. meditation. Altered yeah. states. Yes, altered states. And the owner at the float spa, he said, "Try this tincture." And I tried it, and it was like pleasantly calming. And yes. so very nice. I went and did my float, and then a few days later, I went to this dude's bar, and I, and I met him, and. I, Kava bar. Yeah, the Kava bar. And and it was kind of funny because I was like telling him, I was like, you need to open earlier. I went at like one and it wasn't open yet. He didn't open until three. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? You're like giving away, you're like uh, passing up customers and shit. And it's, we just kind of, sorry, I went on a little rant, but he's a good dude. The fucking bar is like popping off. The culture is uh, like very welcoming it's like cheers you know you go in there and everybody knows your name and they hug you and everyone's real friendly and everyone likes the kava it's a good alternative for alcohol definitely yeah definitely and it's uh, it, it's a root from the south pacific that makes you calm and happy and people have been doing these ceremonial drinking the beverages for eons yes and and now it's you know being brought to you here on uh, Mycadelic. it's great man i i loved it i remember they sent me up uh, some stuff before I headed out to Costa Rica. Ooh. And so I took uh, the kava extract uh, extract capsules uh, with me and because uh, it was just easier to transport yes. and stuff. And there were days like uh, where I just like would take one. You, you don't drink alcohol when you take it. Yes. They don't mix together well. Right. 
But uh, we would just be places and people, you know, they come up like we're at one of these boutique uh, beachfront places laying on a hammock. Would you like something to drink? And I'm, I'm like, I'm fucking chilling with a kava right now. This is great. But I'll take like a smoothie or something, sipping a smoothie, laying in the hammock, having a little kava. I took one today. I'm like super calm and relaxed. I think it helped with my golf game as well. Just kind of like get relaxed. It You're really very does. Calm and relaxed yeah. and, and uplifted in a good mood. So I dig it. Yeah. Definitely try it. And so, you know, again, you're supporting the show, you're supporting an entrepreneur and you're getting a new experience in the process. And I, 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 I use it. I love their design too. Oh, he like, fucking I think went the, way hard on the design. I'm I like, love this guy. Relax. I've seen this guy in, in, in ayahuasca and mushroom spaces. Oh yeah. This like trickstery kind of jestery, uh, uh, tortoise face mask guy. Oh, <laughs> I think it's a turtle. <laughs> Turtle? I don't know. Is it? A... It looks like a like a smiling face. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. oh, it is. Like a mad jester. Oh, that's cool. But it also, I see the turtle too. Yeah, it is both. It's that's both. funny. It's like oh, it those... is. A, it, it's both. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That we both crazy. saw two different things. Wow, that's like uh, one of those. Uh, <laughs> what is that called? Like the Rorschach thing? Yeah, where it's like the gold yeah. or the blue dress. Lanny oh. Laurel. Yeah, Lanny Laurel. Dude, that was so weird. Anyways, yeah. so. Uh, before we go, I want to ask you two things. One, for people listening right now, we, we talked a lot about, you know, like your journey and, and the challenges that came up. And you, you, you know, you gave, you gave some, uh, I heard you, you know, say some things about like what you need to do and stuff. But what would you say for the people listening out there who are saying to themselves, because I encounter a lot of people like this who say things like, you know, I started, um, I started coaching a little bit. I, I don't want to call it that because I'm a little bit, I don't, that's not really what I do, but it's like, I'm calling it one-on-one -on -one sessions. And I have three people that I talk to right now. And, um, one of them is like very, look, I, 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 I wish I could do these things. I wish I could do things like you're doing them, or I wish I could do that, but I got a wife, I got kids, mm -hmm. I got a family, you know, this job, it makes me money and I can't just like quit it all and do something. You know, other people are, feel bogged down, locked in a certain position. Uh, you know, I, I, I wish I could do this stuff, but I just can't right now because I'm so busy and I don't have time. For, like, what would you say to, to people like that? I mean, I was there. So when I first started, even like the process of beginning to shift my mind to believe that I could exist outside of the matrix or my nine to five job. So it's, it, 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 it comes with a shift in thoughts that takes a little while. So it's not going to be like, you know, right away. So get the fucking book, get think and grow rich and start reading it. Cause it's going to take a little while. I don't care if you're 30 uh, or 40. Uh, Colonel Sanders didn't start KFC until he retired after he was 60. It, so you can, it, it doesn't matter where you are in life, but you need to start working on your mind. And it starts for me, with this book and you might watch the secret. I kind of like the secret, but it's a little hokey, but just kind of start believing that it's possible first. And then the universe like magic will start rearranging itself to, and believe it or not, call me whatever. I don't care to make it like possible. Okay. And then you got to wait for that inspirational idea and when you have it, you have to act on it. Now, I'm not saying quit your job because I didn't quit the army like right away, but there was a transition. So it's just start 
where you are, start with your mind and then but start taking like when you have that inspiration and you'll probably get it while you're reading the book. The funny thing is like I'll be reading it and I'll close the book. I re I still reread it all the time. And and it gives me new ideas to this day. It's like kind of like the Bible. You know, you can just open the Bible and yeah. say, ooh, that's inspirational. Sure. It's very similar. A lot of stories of successful men that did it. They will there's ex many examples, thousands, hundreds of thousands of men have done this. You can do it. Women can do it. So it starts with a belief and, 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 you, and it kind of has to, there's like a morphing process that I think has to happen. Right. You have to stick with it because it's uncomfortable because we've all been conditioned. A lot of yes. us have been conditioned that you know, you can't do it. Mm -mm. Like, oh, that's for those people. How many people, oh, how many people actually make it in Hollywood? This is a, what my mom said to me. I remember when I was yes. trying to be an actor and stuff. Right. And I didn't want to do it. But exactly. while not a lot of people make it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like that negative talk and that condition. It's in your own head. It's in your head. It seeps into your unconscious, society, schools, teacher, whatever. They want you to conform and be obedient order takers and workers, follow mm -hmm. the program, follow the protocol, play it safe do the job that you don't like, justify that you're doing it because of the money so you can support people. But at the end of the day, only you can answer to you. You can't say, you're not gonna, you know, at the end of your life, like, like you have to be able, I think you have to be able to say, I fucking did it. Like I did, it. I lived my life, like for me, not for anybody else. Yeah. You know, because that's what you want, right? You don't want to, you know, say, another I could have done, You're I like, should have done, yeah. I wish I had, I, you know, then you start telling these stories and you tell the stories over and over to justify your decisions, right? But there's something about taking a risk, taking a chance, going for it, believing in yourself and being uncomfortable with that change, that process, because you're coming out of that negative yeah. paradigm. It's uh -huh. a paradigm shift. Yes. You're coming out of that container and you're moving into another one and it's always going to be uncomfortable. It's always uncomfortable when you do something new or you mm -hmm. do it in a new way. But if you stick to it, so this leads into my second question. Well, real question. quick though. Yeah. So, and, and it needs to, whenever you decide, whatever it's going to be, it needs to be an obsession. They call it like a white, hot, burning obsession where it's you wake up in the morning you're thinking about it you go to bed you're thinking about it all day you're thinking about it if it's not that good luck so just remind remember that it's it's got to be a huge part of your it can't be like a little half a side project just throwing that out there yeah it can't be like well it'd be kind of cool to have this it has to be like I am so focused. I'm doing I am this. Ready. I'm doing it. I'm showing up early. I'm thinking about it as I'm dreaming about it. Mm -hmm. Eat, sleep, and dream. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your daily practices? What do you, what does a day in the life or a week in the life look like for you? What are you doing every day? I, I mean, the first thing I do in the morning is meditate and it's maybe sounds cliche, but it's true. Uh, I, I get a cup of, a big cup of water and a big cup of coffee and I sit down and I, I do some breathing exercises, Wim Hof, and I listen to this app. There's plenty of apps, meditation apps. I listen to one called Mesmerize and they just kind of like guided meditation. I can do regular meditation, but I'm kind of digging the guided meditation at the moment. And that helps me just wake up. I'm not even really doing a whole lot of weird thinking. I'm just kind of trying to wake up because I don't sleep very well. And 
I, that, I mean, my, eh, that's, that's a huge part of it. What, like, I don't eat too much in the morning. You know, I'll have like a couple strips of bacon. I don't want to like bog myself down, but I, so I have like turkey bacon and a lot of coffee. I take a lot of vitamins, you know, alpha brain and, and shroom tech immune, uh, zinc. And like, I can give you a list. I, a lot of vitamins do a, I do TRT. I don't know if that's irre- uh, relevant. What's TRT? T- t- uh, testosterone replacement therapy. I am 43, and Joe Rogan does it. So, of course, I'm doing that. Is it noticeable? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I've been doing it since I was like 35, though, so it's almost 10 years now. Okay. And I do it through like a medical facility and whatever. Okay. It, that's fine. Um, reading the book, have fun. Like make it, making fun a priority can sort of alleviate or make, you know, just your life more balanced. So I do try to go play golf or, you know, do something that you love uh, and and train some kind of physical, I exercise every day uh, uh, in some shape or form, Mm -hmm. even if it's just a hike, you know. Right. Yeah. You got that cool trail over there. Mm -hmm. You got the boxing bag out in the driveway. Exactly. You got the the sauna, the gym there. I saw the the, the kettlebells and the, uh, the mace. Yeah, so the sauna is, I've had it for a while, but I've just started using it more. And I'll tell you this, if you guys know anything about heart rate variability, I was telling mm-hmm. Mike, and it just increases your heart rate variability the next day. At least for me, I've been tracking it, and it's significant. And that has to do with your energy the next day. So if you have a chance to sauna 20 minutes a day, wherever at your gym or wherever, I recommend that. The meditating, the I, I mean, the Wim Hof has been huge for me. I take a bath every day. Oh, nice. Yeah, just to relax. I have a, you know, like a nice big bath. Like min- you put like mineral stuff yeah, in it. Or... salts and yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, you want to live your life in as much harmony as possible. I mean, I'm very, I try to be positive. You know, success through a positive mental attitude is another book that I highly recommend. Very similar to Think and Grow Rich, same author. But just a little bit more focused on everything you do, having a positive attitude in during the process because it really helps things go uh, much smoother. Mm-hmm. Um, so just that's that's key, like staying positive. That's hard yeah. to do. Sometimes. But you practice that every day. Yeah. yeah, and I read books that teach methods of, and, you know, like, uh, of maintaining that state of mind and why it's important so that's that's hard anyway i mean that we we all we all have our days are different kind of every day but mine is it's kind of wide open so i have to be a little bit disciplined you know then i i work from like two for like two to four hours a day on sheath shit because I have a team that does most of it and I check in with them. A lot of meetings with agents, a lot of sports agents and marketing agents. A lot of cool stuff is about to come out cool. with, as far as content. Mark Norman stuff is going to be coming out. Oh, Michael nice. Malice stuff's coming out. This dude's jumping out of a helicopter wearing sheath nice. only. Awesome. Uh, so, lot, you know, working on a lot of the creatives. I have fun with that. I, I write a lot of the ad copy that you might hear on other 
podcasts like Tim Dillon, LOL. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote his content and he went way off script. Yeah, way off script, yeah. And I like to be creative. You know, I like to draw the new designs for the underwear, the packaging, and I smoke a lot of weed. Is that horrible? Yeah. Yeah, No, no, it's great. I mean, as long you do, you're doing things that facilitate growth learning and creativity yeah every every day and you're in a position right now where you have sort of a well-oiled machine going in a team and you're managing and checking in and you're doing a lot of fun stuff that's work but it's not feeling like the work that you were doing back in 2012 or 2011 you know when you were just starting off that was yeah the i was doing all the busy work that I was, was the doing grind. everything yeah and now you're you know you were you were the the knight you know fighting in the army yeah. and now you're 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 general. more the, the general or the king you know, uh, making the decisions and sometimes hard decisions, right? Sometimes saying no, right? Like sometimes uh, you get involved with things that don't pan out, but sometimes they do. And uh, and I could see that you have, you know, you have the uh, the vision boards and stuff that Love really. The vision boards. I have uh, every day. I wake up looking at a picture of Jason Momoa, uh. Uh, and so and a bunch of other stuff. You know, get get uncomfortable. Uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable, you know, things like that, just trying new things, doing new things. And so I have those visual representations up there. And I think it really does help to does. see it, you oh, know, yeah. to oh, see yeah. it every day. Dude, so many of those things I put on my vision boards have come true. And that's one of my newest ones. So that one hasn't come true yet. And the plane hasn't come true yet. But a couple things. Um, one once you've, I mean, this is, I'm going to backtrack a hair and then I'm going to come back to the vision board. Once you've made it to it, like not even made it, but like once you've started the business and you're, it's kind of going, there's something to be said for like letting it, uh, um, breathe, breathe. Yeah. And you, you so many people want to go, 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 go do this. Separate product. your do, parts. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a no, but like, so we had hired we hired a go getter a couple years about a couple years back, and he just wanted like we got to hire this this guy, and and we're gonna do this project, and we're gonna go 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 like, and we were spinning our wheels and and doing extra shit that was leading us nowhere. Honestly, like there's and, and had we just not done anything, we would have been better off. And and so so just doing shit. Ooh, let's make a create. 12 days of Christmas, you know, and like, we're going to send out emails every day. That was what the thing. And it was a total bust. And we sponsored this guy that was a total shit bag. And we, and for the first time ever it was sheath, we were having money problems. And I remember I, I threw, I was like, we've ne-. I threw something at the wall with this dude. I was like, we've never had money problems until we brought you. And like, uh, ultimately we phased him out a little bit. Shout out to you know who you are. Well, good because I love that. I love that you said that because people think that you have to keep doing all kinds of shit. Yeah. And you know, it's like, no, you don't. Focus on a few things and make them great. Yeah. And then allow yourself to have fun, take a break, enjoy. Like when we were here before, you were like, oh, yeah, something with the website, whatever. You're like, look, we're hungry. Like, let's go eat. You know what I mean? Like, it's gonna, it's not like gonna, the business is gonna die because of this thing. Let's just go have some nice sushi. We'll come back and then we'll fucking, you know, get back to it. Yeah. You know, I think there's something, I think there's something really important there about letting it, giving yourself space, letting it breathe and not trying to do every single thing that you could think of under the sun. Yeah. Cause then that's bad. I've worked with people like I'll do podcast consulting 
and stuff. And uh, people have these ideas and then they go, oh, what if we did this? What if we did that? What if I did this? What if I did that? Or, hey, I'm just getting into podcasting. Like, what do I need? I was like, you need to be good. <laughs> That's it. Just get good. Yeah. Then Keep worry about it. the equipment and the thing and this and the spot. People want to get into podcasting and go, I want to start a podcast. What about sponsors? How do I get sponsors? Uh, jump right into sponsors. Yeah, I want to get like 50,000 <laughs> listeners. Well, be good. Yeah, that would help. Well, okay, and so then we're going to go back to the vision board, and I'm going to point out a couple of these pictures where I have people that just won a UFC fight. And so there's a feeling that you, that they, that's that feeling, you just won. You're like, yes! You're like, that... You want to try to imagine that feeling when you are imagining the success of your project. And there's something weird, and, and you're supposed to like imagine as if you already got it. So that yeah, yes feeling, from the end. yeah, you're like, I got it. Yes, it happened. You know, and 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 there's something to be said for that because, like, I I backtrack to I inherited seventy thousand dollars when I was in Iraq, and there was this moment where I I. I was pretty pumped about having 70,000 bucks in the bank as anybody might when you have nothing, right? And I took a picture of myself. I was like, yeah, this is a moment I want to capture. I feel, I feel really good right now. And I was like, yes. And that's on one of my other vision boards. But just, and so I use, to so try to hone that feeling with, and I know it's a little hokey magic woo-woo. No, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I find very powerful. Because they say, imagine as if you have it already, the feeling. But if so, if you want an example of the feeling, I, I give the example of the guy that just won the Hell yeah. heavyweight champion yeah. of the world or whatever. Feel the feeling. Yeah. Because uh, who talks about the Bruce Lipton in the biology of belief talks about how feeling differently mm-hmm. actually changes the cells in our body and they respond differently. They're like literally changing our reality. The world becomes more malleable and you're able to put more magic into it effortlessly. Doors open where there were only walls before, as Campbell says. You're literally rewiring the program because we are feeling creatures. We're thinking and feeling creatures, but the mind is uh, is is a good servant, but not a great master. You know, and I think having everything aligned, That's a great line. having everything aligned, and really feeling the feeling of what it feels like to be in that position that you want to be in. Great. Great uh, piece to, to drop there, Robert. Yeah. Um, I was getting a little nauseous there for some reason, but feel it. <laughs> Might have been from the uh, from this, right? I don't know. Yeah. Did you swallow it? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I, I mean, so that's, that's what I was going to say. Magic. And if you're not believing in magic, you're limiting. You're limiting yourself a little bit. It may just open your mind to the possibility that it exists and your life might change significantly, you know. Awesome. Dude, thank you so much, man, for, for doing this. It's been a great conversation. Um, go to sheathunderwear.com. Put in the promo code Mikeadelic. Get 20% off. Fucking great underwear. I'm wearing them right now. I love them. Moisture-wicking fabric. Separates your man parts, as you guys know. Kava. Ohana Kava Bar. I think the promo code for that is TimeWheel. You get okay. 10% off. And all of these are in the show description. So if you just go down and click, it's like I said, you're supporting the show. It's a win, win, win. You get something awesome. We get something awesome. They get something awesome. Everybody is happy. And uh, Fungi Academy, 
very excited about these guys. Learn how to grow mushrooms. Learn about psychedelic journey work. They have over 70 videos that are fun, not dry, wow. really exciting. Yeah, they got a, a headquarters in Guatemala. I'm thinking about maybe getting some people together, going down there. But check these guys out. They're, they're amazing. Jasper uh, was on the show a couple episodes back, and you could hear from him. He's in the videos. Go check them out. Go check out uh, Mushroom Revival as well and get uh, 15% off with the promo code Mikeadelic. And then uh, consider joining the Patreon uh, as well. Go I'm to, a member. Yeah, that's right. You are. That's great. Thank yeah, you so I much. I get all the latest and greatest. You I get, get all the behind-the-scenes the scenes content right. and the, uh, the Dosadelic episodes that don't go to the public. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think that uh, you heard it here first, right from the man himself, the man behind the company. And uh, I hope that uh, this conversation was uh, as inspiring and uh, really thought-provoking as it was for you as it was for me and um yeah any parting words there uh robert win 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 <laughs> hell, yeah. hell yeah <laughs> have fun have win and have fun you know someone told me something great where they said we never it was my boss from this marketing company jump media he said uh we never lose we either win or we collect information learn you we learn yeah so and breathe breathe motherfucker breathe. Some wim hof shit breathe fully in and then let it go. <laughs> yeah. Sheathunderwear.com. Robert Patton Global, the podcast. RPG. Check it out. I was on it twice. He's got some good guests. Anywhere yeah, else? go back and listen to the ones with him, and then that'll help you transition into my uh, world. <laughs> awesome. Dude. Awesome, dude. That good was shit. great. That was a good one. Sometimes they're not as good. That was pretty solid. Nice. I'll take it. Awesome. Uh, I came. I, I showed up today. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Bye, everyone. Peace. Love you. Much love.